You guys have been playing for what, seven, eight sessions straight? Let's all give the worship team a round of applause. I love it that John Slaney got in there in the youth band. You know, he sort of got in there and he's, he's getting his jump on. And, well, sorry, I'm like almost like tripping over tables. But, um, hey, thank you so much for having me. Um, I've been here with your young people and we've had an amazing couple of days. And uh, they, they've done amazing. And I just want to honor every single leader and volunteer over conference. Can we just honor them right now? Is that all right? Can we just put our hands together and honor every volunteer and youth leader? You guys are heroes. You guys are absolute heroes. And um, it's amazing to hear some of the stories. Uh, I had a, a, a young uh, guy came up and just said, thank you so much. You know, I've really changed my life and I've really felt like God has pulled me in and uh, has shown me his great love. And uh, isn't that what it's all about, hey? Is seeing God change lives. And, and I, I really, as I was driving here, I felt God put um, that verse, what Psalms 145, um, that um, one generation will, will praise his works to another generation. And I love that, that in here we've got many generations uh, in this building and we're praising the one God from many generations. And isn't that great for what God's doing in this house, that God is a God of all generations. Amen? It's so cool to have all generations in here. Um, yeah, my name's John Mez, and we, we did just plant a church a year and a half ago. And um, Jane's making me sound like a great person, but it's really my wife. She, she's the one. And uh, can we pop that? This is uh, my wife, Sarah, and my little baby girl, Lexi. And, um, and uh, you know, they, they couldn't be here tomorrow. We actually run an afternoon church service. We're not used to like 9.30 in the mornings. And um, I want to honor every single parent that is here right now, 9.30 in the morning, getting your kids up. And it's, co it's a cold morning, hey? It's a cold morning. And you, you guys are here on time in the house of God. And let me tell you, beforehand, I was like, why do people come late? Now I've had a baby. I understand. You know, I, I realize it's, um, it's, it's crazy, but it's so good to have you guys in the building. And uh, I, I think I'm, I'm up for some trouble because check out this other photo of Lexi. Look at that. You know I'm in for some trouble, you know. She's, she's got that cheeky sort of side to her that comes out. And uh, it's lots of fun, lots of fun. But um, I, I want to come around uh, the thought. And before I do, uh, can we just pray over the word? Father God, we just pray that this wouldn't be my words, but there would be your words, Father God, that you would articulate everything that comes out of my mouth, Lord. We thank you for your word that never returns void, but wherever it goes, it always grows. It always brings to life things, Lord. And we thank you, Father, for our time together. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll be the front and center of today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, the title of my message this morning is Lost in the House. Now, um, has anyone, you know, if any, has anyone sort of found themselves lost? You know, uh, praise the Lord for Google Maps. You know, like I got here the last couple of days because of Google 
Maps. I got here right on time. It'll tell you when you're going to be there. But who remembers before Google Maps when we had the, the, the Perth Street Map, the UBD? Who remembers that? Come on, let me see some hands. That's, that's right. All these young folk, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? No, we're going back to the UBD where you would sort of find out where the person lives and you would open up your street map. And then, and who remembers when you'd be sort of going from like page number 10 and you have to go to like page number 20? You know, you have to like quickly go over another 10 pages and and then another 10 as it comes off, and then you get that, you know, where your road goes off that corner into another corner, and then into the other page, and, and you're trying to just carry on. Who, who remembers when Perth was growing faster than what the street maps were, right? Or you just couldn't be bothered buying a new street map. Who remembers that? So you, you, you'd have a four, five-year-old street map. That was our family. That was our family. And, and then we'd have to go find a person's place that we were meeting at. And I, I remember going one time and, and they sort of gave us some directions and we're sort of using the road map for as long as that went for and then it stopped and it went into those maps to be continued, you know, in future issues. And uh, we, we got absolutely lost. You know, and then my mum's like, come on, where are we going? It was left or right or right or left. And we're sort of getting frantic. And, and then, you know, you can't just get out your cell phone because they weren't there yet. And, or, or if they were, they were really expensive. And so you had to go find the, the telecom, you know, Telstra booth. Who remembers that? You had to then drive around and then you get to the Telstra and you didn't have their number. So you had to go through that book, you know. Who remembers the phone book and you're looking up the name and the, the street and, and you go in it. Am I taking anyone back here? Are we going back? It's great. And then you go in there and you'd finally get their number and you'd call them and, and then you do the reverse charge, of course. Um, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Uh, and then, and then you'd get in touch and then they'll be like, no, you need to go left, right. And you're like, okay, okay. You draw the map up and, and then you finally get there. I, I want to talk about um, how we can become lost, you know, and, and let's open our Bibles to Luke 15, verse 25 to 32. And uh, we're going to read from this well-known parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. Now, to save time, um, we're going to read from verse 25, uh, which if you're watching a movie, we'll be cutting in in the middle of the final scene of this movie, of this story that Jesus is telling the people. And it says here, so um, it's very exciting. So what's previously happened is there's a father and he's had two sons and his younger son has decided, hey, I want all my inheritance and I want it now. And the father then gives him his half of his inheritance and he goes and sells everything, takes the money and he goes out while living in the city and wastes all of his money. He loses his money. He finds himself in a place where he doesn't have any friends anymore. He doesn't have a place to stay and he's working and he's actually um, feeding pigs, which in a Jewish mindset, in a Jewish story back in the day, pigs were a filthy, unclean animal. Even if you were a Jewish slave, you wouldn't be put to the lows of actually looking after pigs. That was saying that they would get the Gentiles, they would get people that weren't Jews to do that sort of. So he is in the lowest of the lows in this story. And then it says that he came to his senses and he made a decision. Hey, you know what? Even the servants in my father's house eat better than what I'm eating right now. And so he realizes, look, I'm going to abdicate my sonship and I'm just going to go back to my father's house as a slave. 
And so he's walking back. And I love this, how we, we see this story of like the father. And he's looking and he sees the son walking in the distance. And he begins to run to him. And I love this whole picture. You know, just imagine the, you know, like the, the movie and the, the, the cinema you know, sort of feel of like this drone. Sort of like you know, following this father and son. And then all of a sudden they embrace. And you've got that drone shot you know, that's going around. And, and it's a beautiful time and it's the time where in the movie the music will be like dun 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 you know it's, it's a great heartfelt moment and I love it how the father then says grab the best robe which would have been his own robe and put it on my son he said then grab the ring which would have been a signet ring of authority and pop it on his finger and grab shoes and put them on his feet it's amazing because a slave would not have shoes. So he's actually saying, look, you're not coming back as a slave, but you're coming back as my son. And then he says, hey, let's kill the fattened calf, which would feed the whole, the whole sort of community, the whole family, the whole village. And they'll come together and they're celebrating this great, this great and exciting thing that his sons come back. And then we're coming into Luke 15, verse number 25. Let's read. Meanwhile, the oldest son was in the, the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found. You know, we know uh, Luke chapter 15, it's talking about, you know, three lost things. We, we, we hear the first story is the lost sheep that goes out and then we hear about the lost coin. And then the third story is we hear about the lost prodigal son. But I want to propose this morning that there's actually a fourth lost item in this story and it's the older son that actually became lost in the house. Hey, mate, how does the older son become lost? He was in relationship with the father, eating with the father, hanging out with the father, but how did he become lost in the house? In fact, maybe it's the father's fault because he's got some favoritism going, happening here. You know, that, that he would kill the fattened calf, but... He, the older son, never even got a younger goat to have with his friends. You know, that's, that's kind of like, I don't know, you, you buy, you know, your, your younger kid a Mercedes, you know, and they're there in this amazing Mercedes or BMW M3, you know, and, and then you get the older son, what, a Hyundai XL. You're like, here you go, mate. But then when you go to give him the keys, you then realize, oh, actually, your mum needs it, you know, and, and so she, he just... Gets nothing. Is that what it is? Was anyone, you know, you, you felt like, you know, your older brother or younger brother sort of got everything? You know, it wasn't you. You know, is it just me right now? No, no one wants to lift up their hands. It's, 
You know, I remember when my older brother, he would get all the new clothes, I'll get the hand-me-downs. You know, it, when it, yeah, someone's there, he's like, yeah, I know what that feels like. And then, you know, I'll get the, this hand-me-down underwear. No, I'm joking. I got new underwear. Don't worry about that. But then, you know, I remember one Christmas when I got a Tickle Me Elmo. And I was like, yeah, this is amazing. But then my brother got a Sega Master System 3, a full computer, you know, gaming console. And I was like, what? What's going on? Like, I was bored with my Tickle Me Elmo after like an hour. He was still playing it for years, you know. And all this day he's playing that. And I'm like, sometimes we can be like, whoa, favoritism. But, you know, I don't believe that the father was about favoritism, but I believe that what, what, how did the older um, brother become lost in the house? I believe that he became lost because he perceived the father's love was earned. Oh, we can do this, right? We can perceive, we can, we can feel sometimes like the father's love is earned. Did anyone grow up understanding you've got to earn your own way? You know, you've got you've to make it, you've got to put the effort in. And, and I understand, we all understand that. We, we've sort of grown up under that. I remember in high school when uh, my, my best friend, Ashley, he was, he was great. He was really smart. He was from Singapore. And uh, he came over and, and he, was, he was so smart. And I remember after this maths sort of test, we get our report, the test back, and we realized, you know, I'm, I'm like whispering to him, hey, wh- what did you get? And he's like, a distinction. And I'm like, whoa, that's amazing. i got to pass. You know, I'm so white, you know. <laughs> and so here he is, and, and I, I realized that he was actually a little worried. And then I remember we went back to his house, and his grandma's like, hey, what did you get? You know, and, and, um, and he's like, oh, I got a distinction. And she's like, what? A distinction? What happened to a HD? He got in trouble for not getting a high distinction. He was grounded for a week. I was like, oh, my gosh. That's crazy. You know, in my, in my family, my mom was like, great, you pass, you know. <laughs> but we, we get in this and who, who gets rewards when they get good results in their tests? Anyone here, you know, you get some rewards here. Yeah. We, we sort of get rewards and we get, you know, when we get a good result, we get rewarded for that. And that's great. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when we take that mindset over, with the Father, with God in heaven, that we understand that, oh, maybe when I do something bad, God withholds and God withholds His love, but when I do something good, God loves me. Did you know that that's, that's untrue? Because God cannot love you any more than what He already does love you right now. In fact, He loved you so much that He sent His one and only Son, that there's nothing that you can do that can separate your His love for you, there's nothing that you can do can change that love that God loves you now. It's pretty scandalous, right? And that's what this older brother is trying to realize, that, hey, if, if I can't earn God's love, then how can God's love be fair? And the truth is, is that the Father's love in heaven is not fair at all. It's a scandalous love that he just keeps on loving and loving and loving and loving. No matter what you do, no matter where you're at, God continues to pour out his love on our life. And can we just give God a shout of praise because we don't deserve this love, but God has given it anyway. Amen? So I think that's a, that's a point of, of he realized, wow, God's love is unconditional and it's not fair and it's not earned, it's given. 
But I, I think the second thing, that um, this older brother, how he became lost in the house, was he focused on himself. Get this, the, the verse says, This father says, this brother of yours was lost and is now found. He was dead and is now alive. How did this older brother make the younger brother coming back from the dead, going, coming back from being lost, now being found, how did he make that about himself? Have you ever found that we, we sort of make a lot of things about ourselves? You know, a couple of years back, my wife, Sarah, she wanted um, a bike, a specific bike for her birthday. It was one of those vintage bikes, and she showed me this picture. I was like, oh, fantastic. I can pick one of those up from the rubbish dump. You know, I'm like, cheap birthday present. You know, uh, we could save some money. And, uh, but uh, she was very specific. No, it needed to be this particular vintage bike with a, a nice brown basket at the front, and it had to be Tiffany Blue. Now, does everyone know what Tiffany Blue is? Young guys, you will learn what Tiffany Blue is. Trust me, you will learn. It needed to be Tiffany Blue and all that. And I'm thinking, no, no, no we can't get you this bike because, you know, I, I, didn't have, I didn't have a push bike, but I was like, if I was going to get a push bike, it would be a racing bike and your vintage bike wouldn't be able to keep up with my bike if I got one. You know, and I started, not only that, you know, there's some people that are like, yeah, I know, we, we all saw the cyclists out and about Kalamunda this morning, right? Crazy people, so cold. Um, and, and, and I'm thinking, we can't do that. And then the second thought is, look, I can't even be seen with her riding next to me like that, with a bike like that. You know, it's a basket, and it's, it's all framed up, it's Tiffany blue, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. How did I make her birthday present all about me? We do that, right? We make things about ourselves. And, and the truth is, is that we make a lot of things that should be about others, about ourselves. When did church become about us? You know, we, we come to church and you came here this morning and you were like, oh, the young people are on stage. You know, oh, the flashing lights, you know, it's going to give me epilepsy. You know, you, you're coming in and what they've got... You're seeing the, the smoke, you're like, is that the Shekinah glory? And, and, and then you're like, no, it's just a smoke machine. You know, uh, we, we come to church and we, we come to, hey, it's all about me. What can I get up about it? What can I get out of church? What can I? And then you saw me step up on, church, on stage and you were like, where's Pastor Steve? He's left us with a crazy man. He's left us with a young guy that, and then he's shouting at me, you know, you know, we can do that. We can make church all about ourselves. We look at the song list and we're like, oh, bad song. I don't know this. I don't like this song. And we, we can make all the worship. When, when was worshiping God about us? When were the words? When were the songs, the lyrics? When, when were they all about us? Aren't they all about God and how great God is and how awesome God is and, and what He's done for us and magnifying Him, not magnifying us and the songs that we like or don't like? You know, and we, we can do that. I catch myself doing this, coming and going, oh, why did they choose that one and, and this and that. And it's a real problem because we can make church all about us when it, church was always meant to be the gathering of believers lifting up the name of Jesus the king of kings and the lord of lords amen, amen. but i th sort of think you know um where, where does this all come from 
I think it sort of comes from some amazing TV shows that I love, like MasterChef. Have you ever caught yourself sitting down and watching and then you're like, too much salt, you know, too much salt, oh, you, you put too much lemon in that one. Have you ever caught yourself telling them, oh, you've been, that too much, too much time in the oven, oh, I would, have, I would have done it in the pressure cooker, you know, I wouldn't have done it in there. And then we come to other great shows like Australian Idol and we're like, I just, I just didn't feel like I popped out of my seat, you know, and you're, you're sort of giving them tips of how to do it and, and sort of like, oh, bad song choice and oh, you're off a little bit, bit, bit flat on that note and, and then, you know, and all the guys are here like, nut nut. but you watch football and you're telling the guy, kick the ball, you're like, come on, straight through, but when's the last time you've kicked a football, you know, when's the last time you've done something? It's true, right? We, we take this critiquing spirit, right, and then we bring it in to the church and we critique everything and then we pull that critiquing thing into our marriage and then our marriage becomes not about how much we can give and how much we can love but how much we can take and how much we can receive and 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 all that and then we start to become self-focused what was a covenant has become a contract and then we start living a a me-centric life and then all of a sudden Jesus becomes our personal secretary and servant and our prayers are just Jesus, can you make sure you do this? And it's like you're expecting Jesus to sort of like come around like he's a servant, like, oh, what, what would you like? You know, and, yes, sir, I'll do that for you. Just imagine if, if God did everything that you asked him to do, wouldn't that make you God? <laughs> Sometimes we do that. Our relationship is all about what Jesus can do for me. You know what? I guess... I guess this is the very thing that rubbed Jesus up the wrong way with the Pharisees because they were so self-focused. They were so, it was all about what they were looking and how they were looking and and all that. And and I guess this is the very thing that rubbed Jesus up the wrong way. And in Matthew 23, verse um, 25, chapter 23, verse 25, it says here, Jesus is speaking. He's saying, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Did you know that Jesus is more concerned about the inside of our lives than the outside of our lives? Jesus is more concerned about what's happening in you rather than what's happening around you. Why? Because it says here in Proverbs 4 verse 23 in the Amplified, if we could put it up on The screen says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. Did you know that your heart is the steering wheel of your life and that we need to guard it, we need to watch what's going on with our heart because if we don't, we can find our heart can take us to places that we were never purposed to go and be and do and react because it's all about our heart. And I love it that we we sort of get a glimpse of what the oldest son's heart is from what comes out of his mouth, because everything flows out from our heart. That's why Jesus is so concerned about what's happening in you, because eventually it'll affect everything that's happening around you. And we see a glimpse of the the oldest son's heart. In, in Luke 15, verse 29, he said, But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you, 
and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends in becoming so self-absorbed and self-centered, he became over-familiar with the Father. You see, uh, scholars say that uh, a response from a son to a father saying, look, not, not, not saying father, not, not using his title, not using a name, but, but look, was extremely disrespectful. How much do we become so over-familiar with the Father in heaven? Because He's always good to us, He's always around and He's always here. And we can become so over-familiar with the Father. You know, the other thing is, His perception was actually confused. He perceived Himself to be working as a slave, but He was actually a son. He couldn't realize that if He had realized, He would have understood that everything the Father owned was actually His. He forgot that, hey, it was already his, that he'd already given it to him, that he'd already had that. You know, he says, my son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. You know, if I can have the worship team come up and they can help me land the service. I love it how, you know, the author of Hebrews in, 12, in chapter 12, verse 1 says this, and it gives us this great key. It says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I love this because this, this word race in English, if we go to the actual Greek in what it was described as, it actually, that race is, is worked, is actually called um, is called, sorry, let me just get it, is called Aegon. So the whole thought of Aegon, that's where we get that word agony. What a bad word to use for him talking about the race. And what's it, what he's talking about is, is the feeling of when you're in a race or a wrestling match or something like that, you get to a point in like a 400 meter race where you're sort of 300 meters in, 100 meters if you're like me and unfit. And you know what? Your calves are burning. And then it goes to your hammies into your gluteus maximus. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You know, you're feeling the burn, the pain. And it's that, it's that pushing forward. It's that keeping on running, keeping on pushing. That agon, that feeling. That is the life of Christ that we actually live in pushing forward into God's promises for our life. It isn't easy, but it isn't impossible but we, we are in this race where we're pushing forward. And we're not in all in one race. We're in our own race. Everyone runs their own race. And as he's talking about this, he's saying, let us lay aside every weight and sin. Did you know that there are things in your life that are weight, but they're not sin? That, hey, they're, they're not wrong. They're just, they're just weighty. And so he's telling, saying to us, hey, let's lay aside every weight and sin. Like when we see an athlete in the Olympics, you know, when they're swimming or anything like that, we see the athlete, ath athletes come out with this, you know, tracksuit. And what is it there to do? To keep their muscles, everything warm. And as they come out, just before they start the race, they take it off. And so they're ready to run the race. 
and they're ready to push off and go. Imagine a swimmer that didn't take off his tracksuit. Let me tell you, there's so much weight, there's so much drag. Imagine a runner that didn't take off their tracksuit. There'll be so much, what was keeping their muscles warm would now be stopping their muscles from going and doing what they were called to do. That we need to take off this weight and sin. What does that mean in our lives? The tracksuit is when Jesus saved you, it was all about you. It was all about how Jesus changed your life, how He took your sin, your condemnation, your shame, and He paid for it on the cross that we are free and free indeed. Amen? It was all about how God transformed your life. But then we need to step into maturity and take off that weight that it's now about other people. It's now about how we can share the gospel to people. It's now about the prodigals in our world, the prodigal sons and daughters. It's now about reaching people for Christ. It's no longer about us. And I love this, how he talks about Jesus, the author and pioneer. What did Jesus author? What was he the author and the pioneer of? It was this moment in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus says, take this cup from me. But he says, not my will, but yours be done. And that's the essence of the pioneering and the authorship that Jesus did. He showed us how to actually put our life down and to lay it down for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus didn't want to go up on the cross. He said, take this cup from me. But he said, not my will, but yours. Now, when's the last time that you haven't just been seeking your will, but you've said, not my will, but yours? not my will but yours hey I'm living for you Father God I'm living for you Jesus come on we can become so self-absorbed in this today's day and age we can be it's all about me it's all about my Facebook it's all about what I look like it's all about looking at and my life and this and that but hey it's time church that we don't live for ourselves and be self-focused but we live for God and be kingdom focused amen thanks for that person it's encouraging Praise God. So if we can all just stand to our feet. My thought, church, is that we actually don't, it doesn't tell us what happened, what the older brother did. It doesn't tell us what, how he responded. And I love that because it gives us the thought of, hey, it doesn't tell us how we respond, but hey, how are you going to respond? How are you, how are you going to respond? How, this isn't about a, a pray to God and, and thank you. This is about a walking different. This is about seeing different. This is about let's not live as a church that's so focused about the inside of our walls but let's be a church that's focused on the outside of our walls that's focused in our workplaces you know we we talk about ministry like it's saying about being on staff in a church but who knows that ministry is about being in your workplace ministry is about being in your high school in your university in your primary school ministry is about being in your family and it's about shining the light of Jesus it's about living for others it's about showing others the love of Christ that, that's been revealed to us amen if that's you you just, you know, God's stirring you up for others. God's stirring you up. Hey, it's time to look at others. It's time to not, 
you know, not be lost in the house. It's time to not just be about the bells and whistles of church, but to really look beyond myself and what I get out and what I can give. Just lift your hands right now. Yes, Father God. God, you know, I believe we all carry lostness. I, I, I carry a lostness. Father God, I pray for every single Christian in this place, God, that's saying, Lord, Lord, I want to be more externally focused, not just focused on me and myself and I, but focused on You, Father, and focused on Your purpose and Your plan. And I pray, Father God, that we would not become lost in the house, Father, but Lord Jesus, we wouldn't become over-familiar with You, Father God, but we thank You, Jesus, that we walk in faith and we pray, God, help us see beyond our own lives and see, Lord, how we can be and how we can affect and how we can show other people your light, your love and your grace and your mercy. We pray, Father God, help us and empower us, Father, to live a Christ-centered life that's living for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's lift up a shout of praise. God's good. He's so good. I just want to take a moment of maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. It talks the Bible about this prodigal son that, that left and that, that sort of squandered, was living wildly. But when the father saw him coming back, he ran. And you know what? Maybe you've been running away from God, but who knows? Well, I want to tell you that God loves you so much. It doesn't matter where you've run off to. But He loves you so much and He wants you to run back to Him and He wants to run to you and He wants to meet you right where you are. That God made a way for us. It doesn't matter what you've done wrong. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter any of that stuff because God, He sent His Son to pay for your sins on that cross, your shame on that cross. So right now, if everyone wants to close their eyes and bow their heads, I want to ask, if you're not right with God, what does that mean? You don't have Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. And you want to invite Him into your heart. You want to believe again. I just want you to lift your hand right now. As all eyes are closed. Yeah, I see that hand. You can pop that down. Anyone else in this place? Yeah, I see that hand. You can pop that down. Yeah, I see that hand. Yeah, I see that hand. Yep, yep, you can pop that down. Anyone else in this place that, that you, you've gone off? you've ran off or maybe you've never known Jesus but you're hearing him right now and he loves you so much and you want to accept him you want to believe that Jesus he died on the cross for your sin just pop your hand up right now that's you yeah that's awesome cool cool hey can we all pray together church just repeat after me Jesus I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins for my mistakes and I thank you that you rose again from the dead and you're in heaven right now and I want to invite you into my heart wash away my sins wash me as white as snow and help me to live for you empowered by your spirit and your love and your mercy because I want to live for you for the rest of my days in Jesus name Amen Hey can we just encourage those people that prayed that prayer maybe for the first time maybe for the 30th time 
Welcome to the kingdom of heaven. Welcome to the family. And you're up right now, we're just going to worship God because God is amazing. And you know, as we do so, why don't you just focus on God and why don't you just make a declaration in your own heart that I'm not going to be so self-focused, but I'm going to be God-focused in Jesus' name. Come on, let's lead us, team. Waters, let me walk upon the Come on, lift your hands. Wherever. 